May I speak in the name of the living, loving God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. One of the phrases that we hear most often these days is celebrity culture. That culture in which we put people on pedestals, where we think it's okay to write about them, photograph them, and to find out all sorts of information about them, and put it on the front page of the newspapers or in the gossip columns of our tabloid press. Perhaps subconsciously we think to ourselves, well, if you're going to be a celebrity, you're fair game. You are our property, and we can make money out of you. And indeed, it's true. We see lots of people saying today that they just want to be famous. They just want to be known. But perhaps they don't always realize what comes with it. And it's so easy to forget that celebrities are human beings, just like you and me. So, no doubt, our hearts have been touched by the tragedy of Caroline Flack, who took her own life. And lots of people have been talking about her being a victim of celebrity culture. When we say things about people behind social, on social media that we wouldn't probably say to people's faces. The Christian church is not immune from a celebrity culture where we put people on pedestals because they write lots of books, or they preach very persuasively, or because they've started movements, or have thousands of Twitter followers. Yesterday, the terrible, tragic news broke that a report based on an internal investigation had discovered that Jean Vanier, founder of L'Arche, accused of inappropriate sexual behaviour by six women of various ages, geographic origin and status. Though none of the women were disabled, it states that sexual activity with Vanier, who died last year aged 90, was coerced or took place under coercive conditions. John Vanier, well known, very well known for his work with people with additional needs, nominated for the Nobel Peace Prize, awarded the Companion of the Order of Canada and the Templeton Prize, and Paul VI International Prize by the Vatican. He was on a pedestal. The head, the current head of L'Arche International has said in a statement that he hopes the organization will continue to flourish and that the considerable good that Vanier did throughout his life 
is not in question, but that nevertheless Larsh will mourn the certain image that they had of Jean. This news, to follow other pieces like it, has hit the Christian world hard, and Larsh in particular, not forgetting those women. And it forces us to say, well, what is true? What is not true? And at the very least, it's simply acknowledgement that in each one of us, there is the capability of good and bad. That in very good people, there can be bad. And in very bad people, there can be good. It is true that we have all fallen short of the glory of God. Yet there is one person who, is not, who has not fallen short of the glory of God. And he is the centre of the Christian faith, Jesus Christ. And today the church celebrates his transfiguration. One of those milestones in Jesus' life that sets him apart from everyone else. His baptism, his crucifixion, his resurrection and ascension are the other milestones. And in this episode, Jesus takes the inner circle of the disciples up a mountain and he is transfigured before them. Jesus, we read in Matthew that Jesus' face shone like the sun and his clothes became dazzling white. It was the moment when the disciples saw for themselves the divine nature within the human nature. The Greek, the word transfigure, is metamorpho. It means to transform, to change to another form, to change the outside to the inside. We sing at Christmas in the great carol, Hark the Herald Angels Sing, Veiled in flesh the Godhead see, Hail the incarnate deity. And these disciples saw for themselves exactly that. Alongside Jesus appear Moses and Elijah. Why? Because both of them had experienced seeing God face to face, the glory of God on a mountain, and both of them had been rejected by God's people. At his transfiguration, the disciples heard God out of the cloud say, this is my son, the beloved, with him I am well pleased. Words that had already been spoken over Jesus at his baptism. Then God adds, listen to him. Listen to Jesus. You may have heard about the law and the prophets, but I want you to listen to Jesus.
Transfiguration gave those disciples a more accurate revelation of who Jesus is and why they should listen to him. So when St. Paul writes in to the Corinthian church these words, to me he is perhaps re-emphasizing the importance of listening to Jesus. St. Paul, who faced opposition in his work, writes, we do not proclaim ourselves. We proclaim Jesus as Christ, as Lord, and ourselves as your slaves for Jesus' sake. He could have said, we do not put ourselves on a pedestal. We do not claim for ourselves to be anything other. But we do put Jesus Christ on that pedestal because only he, only he is worthy of glory and honor. Paul also knew that he was never going to change anyone's life. Only Jesus, by his spirit, can do that. And though he experienced opposition, though no doubt he had lots of questions for himself, he thought to himself, all I have to do is to keep on telling people about Jesus, keep on pointing people to him, because ultimately he is the person in whom people have to put their trust to believe. And when we look around our world today, we can look at the bad things, we can look at the shocking things, but we also need to look at the good things that are happening. So in our world today, people are turning to Jesus. People are entering into a relationship with God and being added to the church. In the name of Jesus, people are feeding the hungry, visiting the sick and those in prison, clothing the naked, in short, serving and loving their neighbours. So Paul would say about our celebrity culture that we ought not to put anyone on a pedestal. The only person that we should do that to is Jesus and that we should test everything we see and hear and experience in the light of Jesus. A lot of people in the Christian church feel there's a certain hymn that's a bit like Marmite. You either love it or you don't. And that's the hymn, Shine, Jesus, Shine, by Graham Kendrick. And when I went to my last parish, apparently it had been a song that had been done to death. And people were looking forward to the new vicar not choosing it. The problem is, its words are very powerful and good. 
And so as I finish, I want to read those words almost as a prayer. Because it suggests that as we listen to Jesus, as we look at Jesus and seek to become like Jesus, then we will fade away and he will become in us the story. So let us pray. Lord, the light of your love is shining in the midst of the darkness. Jesus, light of the world, shine upon us. Set us free by the truth you now bring us. Shine on me. Shine on me. Lord, I come to your awesome presence, from the shadows into your radiance. By the blood I may enter your brightness. Search me, try me, consume all my darkness. Shine on me, shine on me. As we gaze on your kingly brightness, so may our faces display your likeness ever-changing from glory to glory, mirrored here, may our lives tell your story. Shine on me, shine on me. So shine, Jesus, shine. Fill this land with the Father's glory. Blaze, Spirit, blaze. Set our hearts on fire. Flow, river, flow, flood the nations with grace and mercy. Send forth your word, Lord, and let there be light.